Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Fridays are for Beamer here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Beautiful start to the day. I know we're going to get some rain later, but beautiful out there right now. I think we're in the 80s or high 70s. I can't wait to get out and go take some of the sun in before the rain moves in uh, today and tomorrow. But we really have nowhere to complain. It has been such a beautiful week. Obviously, we've had to be careful, hydrating. And if anyone's wondering, Joe, what was that song you just played? It reached 98 degrees yesterday. Of course, I had to play a 98 degrees bumper, right? I mean, I wouldn't be able to go forward in my career if the day after it went to 98 degrees, I didn't play a song from 98 degrees. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. So yesterday, if you listened to, actually yesterday and Wednesday, if you listened to Sandy's show, he uh, was talking about how hot it's going to be and how I shouldn't run. And I told him, and I was 100% honest. I said, it's going to be a game time decision how I feel at the time of the race. And all day yesterday, I hydrated, I stretched, I got some carbs in, uh, took a good nap yesterday afternoon. And decided to go forward with the run at Spring Lake Winery in Lockport. And I'm glad I did. So going into the run, I thought the biggest problem was going to be the heat. Right? It's 98 degrees. I thought the heat was going to be an issue. Obviously, I hydrated. There was water on the course, which was great. Um, But after the first turn, heat wasn't as much the issue. It started Pouring rain in Lockport yesterday around 7. And beside the inclines, because it was a trail run, 
So beside those those muddy inclines, it was a great run. It was great. The rain felt amazing while running. I only fell once, and it wasn't a full fall. If you listen to uh, Susan and Brian this morning, it wasn't a full fall. I caught myself on the way down, and then on one incline, I didn't have the speed to get up it, so I had to use my fi- I had to use my hands and kind of climb up the incline. Uh, but you know what? A good run. And as much as I've been complaining about gyms being closed uh, since March, and, and you see me on Twitter, and I know a lot of people complain I talk about it way too much, it has helped my mile time. Because in the Shamrock run, which was a little longer than a 5K, my mile time was in the nines. I think it was 9, 10, 9, 12. My mile time yesterday, officially, 8 minutes, 12 seconds. And that's in the rain. That's on a trail run in the rain. So you know what? As much as I complain about the gyms being closed, running every day has obviously helped. So it was nice to get the run in. I appreciate the way they did it. It was all staggered start times. So you weren't starting like a regular run right on top of each other. Everyone had their own start, 30 seconds, next person would go. So it wasn't a gun time. It was all a chip time in your bed. But it was nice to get back. It was nice to run through a finish line. And uh, had a lot of fun yesterday. And like I said, the heat turned out not to be the issue. Uh, It was the rain, and that was a welcome issue to have. So that went well yesterday. And as you've heard during the week, Tony's been off. Tony will be back on Monday. Jimmy's been here, Jimmy Stelliano, and Jim wore a Virginia Tech shirt into work today. I couldn't be any more happier, Jimmy. Yeah, Fridays are for Beamers, so why not support Virginia Tech, yeah. of course, of course. Some bad news yesterday that the, the Big Ten's only going to play conference games, so there goes the Tech-Penn State game. But it's been great to have Jimmy here all week. It's been mm-hmm. great to be able to use Seinfeld bumpers. That's always fun. So, Jim, it's been a fun week, and we'll have a fun show today. I'm going to miss it next week. What am I going to do with myself? Well, that's a good question. That's a, <laughs> you'll have to let us know. Yep. You'll have to keep us updated. Um, like, like I said, on Monday, the whole team's back. Tony, Sandy, and... Me, I'll, I'll still be here. Uh, now, during the week, you know, we talked about this on Friday, last Friday. We talked about the media covering the coronavirus. And we're going to get into how politics has played through this entire coronavirus, not starting in March, but starting in February. Because any coverage you see of the coronavirus, they want you to forget about March. They want to go right to the part where they can start attacking the president, where they can start making Governor Cuomo look good. And we've got some stats uh, that you might not see other places later in the show. But the coronavirus coverage. So last week I read you this from the AP. It was what protests have taught us about the coronavirus and how there's little evidence that protests have led to a spike in coronavirus cases. And it takes you four or five paragraphs into the article where they said, with all that said, we don't know exactly how many protesters have contracted COVID-19 after attending an event. With the headline, little evidence points to proof that protests have led to a spike in coronavirus. Remember, we talked about that last week. Well, this week, the same article with just a different headline. Uh, The same article with a different headline. I'm going to, you like this hook? This is what we call a hook in the business. What was it? 
Well, I'm going to let you know when we get back. It's Friday. It's Joe Beamer. Happy to be with here with you another Friday. We are almost at the year anniversary of the Joe Beamer Friday show, and I've loved every minute of it. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. When we come back, I will let you know the other side. So that's how they covered the protest. Again, little evidence, okay? Don't blame the protesters for spread of coronavirus. How did they cover the spike in Oklahoma? I think you can guess who they're going to blame it on. I'll let you know when we come back. It's Friday on WBEN. So last week, I told you about this AP article, little evidence that protests spread coronavirus. In this, in this article, not only does it say there's no proof, they can't tell you who from the protest actually went and got tested or how many people had COVID or contracted COVID at the protest. Uh, so it says that. They, they can, those are numbers. It's just a good headline. Little evidence that protests spread coronavirus. It actually in here, though, thanks the protests for, for uh, having people practice social distancing. It says more people stayed in because of protests and violence portrayed on in the media. So they said many people didn't get tested unless they feel symptoms. And many protesters, young adults, who generally are less likely to get severe illness and therefore may not have gotten tested. That is eight paragraphs into the article. Just to tell you, it's a good headline, but there's no proof that it did or didn't. Okay, The exact same article when it comes to the Trump rally. There's no evidence that the Trump rally led to a coronavirus spike, but it is something to do with the president. And what's the headline he gets? Top Tulsa official... Trump rally likely led to coronavirus surge. Again, this article says, well, they, there's no test. They can't point to the Trump rally. There were also protests in Tulsa at the time because of the Trump rally. And remember, they were making fun of how few people showed up to the Trump rally. Uh, but now it's really the same AP article, just with a different headline. So, I, I, I mean, it was very predictable. I don't think anyone's sitting at the radio now going, oh, I can't believe they did that. Speaking of the election, and that's what we're going to get into the next hour. We're going to talk about how politics has affected the coronavirus responses around the country. As we now see New York on kind of the down of the, uh, of the surge or whatever, and you see a spike in southern states. And how those have been covered. Because remember in New York State, it was never really about cases. In New York State, it was about hospitalizations and deaths. That's why we wanted to flatten the curve. We wanted to limit hospitalizations and obviously limit deaths. And we did to an extent. Obviously, the nursing homes were handled brutally. Uh, the governor still wants to blame the president on that. Um, the president who, when the governor asked... The president gave the governor everything he asked for, but the governor still, he said, you know, we'll work in partnership. And then as soon as he gets what he wants from Trump, he's right back to attacking Trump. Amazing. Anyway, that's what we're going to get to in the next hour. But just a few more things, kind of building on top of what I said last week, what we talked about last week with the doom and gloom on the left. And it is usually on the left. All you have to do is go on social media. And look at our very own Nate McMurray. 
Here's what Nate McMurray posted 12 hours ago. Mike Pence is killing people. That was his tweet. So you think, wow, well, that must be accompanied by a graph that shows deaths from COVID-19. No, no, no. It's just a graph that shows cases. Again, cases. Not deaths, not hospitalizations. Notice how the narrative changes. Now we have to focus on cases. I'm not a medical professional. So again, you should listen to everything I say with a grain of salt. Uh, You should obviously go talk to people in that profession for professional advice. But don't you think it would be smarter to handle this by quarantining those who are higher risk? Making sure they're the ones that are out of harm's way? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But according to Nate McMurray, Mike Pence is killing people. That is the, uh, the, the tweet. However, the graph are cases. I thought that was interesting. Um, but we're going to get more and more into that as the show goes on. I do have to play one more thing, and then I promise we'll get into a topic. Uh, this is Joe Biden this week, one of these campaign videos he's been doing from what seems to be his sunroom or his Florida room, whatever you call it. This is one, again, I'm not going to sit here and say that I 100% agree with everything the president has done when it comes to the coronavirus, okay? I I could definitely tell you where I think he's taken uh, missteps, but I can also tell you where I think he's done the right thing, where it should be a state-by-state thing. And I'll, I'll, again, I'll explain that. I'm not going to sit here, though, and say that he has not made mistakes or that he has not done things that I think should have been done differently. But when you listen to Joe Biden speak, you're going to tell me this guy could have handled it better. This is Joe Biden running on the Democrat side for the 2020 presidential election in November. Lonnie knows I believe this every fiber of my being. We're posed. What I propose is is it can be done. I think we're in a position to, to really make it happen. And my team and your team already working closely together in light, to light up the path forward here. Critical laws like the PRO Act to strengthen collective bargaining on politics like prevailing and, pro- look, I guess I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm t- taking too much time, but, you know. I wonder, I wonder why he uh, is trying to get out of debating the president. I don't know. Again, you kind of feel bad picking on him, but he is running for president. So... You think you have the right to. I think you, you have to point these out. I mean, that's a 30-second soundbite. He, he lost his train of thought twice in 30 seconds. All right, when we come back, we will set up the topic after we check in with Rush, after we check in with Rush Limbaugh. It's Joe Beamer. It's Friday. It's great to be with you here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.